All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for being good to us. Um, thank you for just a good week of um, getting some things done early and spending some time with family uh, just in our lives. And I pray that uh, everybody uh, in, in, the H, or in, in the Past Point class and even here at HBF has spent some time with family this weekend, uh, was able to be a good testimony of you, and uh, really just... Uh, was thankful, uh, as I am, Lord, just to have a Savior, uh, who was willing to, uh, sacrifice for me. And so, God, I do pray that we don't transition too quickly out of Thanksgiving into Christmas and all the, the craziness that goes into that. But Lord, we would just be uh, focused on you. Uh, Lord, we do. I just praise you for the safe travels, uh, getting uh, Mitch and Caleb uh, to Oaxaca. Lord, I pray you would use them. Uh, I pray that uh, you would just really remove their will uh, from their lives this week and that you would use them uh, as just tools um, to get your work done. I pray that uh, they would just spend a lot of time uh, with Joe and Amy and uh, just get to really see the intimate details with, with such a small team of, of what missionary life is like. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would um, just be with Mitch as his back's been bothering him. Just remove those things. Be with Caleb as he's got something going on with his foot. and uh, Be with the spiritual battle that goes into being on the field uh, and worrying about things back at home. I pray for uh, and Jody and the kids and Jessica and the boys uh, as, as they're gone. Uh, Lord, as, um, it's just a time where the adversary likes to attack. So I pray you just uh, uh, put a hedge of protection uh, around them around this week, uh, that your will would get done, uh, that you would uh, just allow the Passpoint class as a whole uh, just to reach out to, to Jody and to Jessica and just let them know that they're loved and if there's anything that we can do for them to help them out. And uh, This is what we do uh, as a class as we stay back by the stuff. And so I pray that we would uh, be diligent to do those things. I pray you'd speak to us today as we uh, just wrap up this chapter in the book of First Corinthians and then uh, kind of take a break from it here for a little bit that you would uh, just speak to us, that it would come out clear and concise and uh, that you would just give us something to apply to our life as, as we look at these things and uh, just that you would get all the honor and all the glory from all this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to First Corinthians chapter 10. So if you weren't here last week, I kind of dabbled with the idea and I think it's gain some traction in my mind, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I'm going to finish 1 Corinthians chapter 10 today. Um, and before we roll into 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is, so you know the outline of, of 1 Corinthians. You know, it's it's a rebuke letter. Um, so Paul writes to the, first, the church at Corinth, and there's some things going on. It's kind of a messed up deal. He calls them out for some of their sin. Uh, he tries to get them, you know, back where they need to be, at least on some of the egregious issues. Uh, then he answers some questions that they had asked on marriage and different things. Uh, and then we kind of get to this transition point in, in chapter 10, and that's what we're going to wrap up today, where uh, he's like, if you don't, take my word for it, just take history as an example. And he used the the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, as an example. Like, God will use uh, history to teach you things. And he wraps that whole thing up today with, what are you going to do about it? Like, you know what history has done, and it kind of brings you to a point of decision. Uh, and then we get into chapter 11, and once you get into 1 Corinthians chapter 11 through the end of the book, he gets into some, like, deeper doctrinal stuff. He gets into some stuff that, like, People start asking questions. Well, what does that really mean? You know, chapter 11 starts talking about, uh, ladies, she's not bothering me at all. Uh, they're talking about, uh, 
you know, ladies not being able to pray without their head uncovered. And it's like, what in the world does that mean? He talks about guys with long hair. And what is that trying to say? And like, there's some things in there. And I, before we just dive right into that, uh, which that isn't why I'm taking a break, but before, he really gets into some more deep issues. He gets into, uh, what the Lord's Supper should really look like, right? He, chapter 15 or chapter 12, we start talking about, uh, you know, spiritual gifts and things like that. By the time you get to chapter 15, we start talking about, uh, you know, the resurrection chapter and some real deep stuff. So the rest of the book of 1 Corinthians gets into some deeper doctrinal stuff. And we will slow down a lot when we go through that. But before we, before we do that, uh, I'm going to, starting next week, I'm going to take the next three weeks and do some sort of a Christmas type of series. So it's not really a series because it's only three weeks. Uh, and I, I plan on this looking a little bit different than what the normal, like, Christmas stuff is, uh, maybe just like a different take on it, and I don't completely know what it's going to look like yet, so I can't really give you a lot of details, but God's kind of got the role in my mind, and so that's kind of what the next three weeks will look like, and then generally we get in, we won't have class on, uh, which I figure you guys know that, but we won't have class on Christmas Day, there's only one service, and then uh, the first week of the year, uh, December, f- or January 1st, uh, we usually take some time and just talk about, you know, the new year, so Somewhere mid-January, we'll get back into 1 Corinthians and we will slowly work our way through these things. So that's kind of the outline of what things will look like moving forward, just so everybody knows. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he used Israel as this example. <laughs> and he, he says, hey, if you can't like learn from what they're doing, then, then you're, there's an issue going on here. And we wrapped up last week with, you know, we, we had this whole issue that we, we kind of looked at, you know, I just gave you two questions to think on. And, you know, we talked about temptation and then we talked about like, what in my life is not like the rest? And basically you can't serve two masters, all those different things. And, you know, is there something in your life that doesn't look like the rest of it? And uh, the, the point was like, if your life in Christ is what doesn't look like the rest, then there's probably a, an issue there. Like if you and your Christian walk is the thing that doesn't look like the rest, that's a problem. Well, I don't really think that's going to be the issue in here. It's more of, obviously, our life should be sold out for Christ. We should be dedicated to what we're doing for Christ. But generally, not everybody, uh, but generally, we've all got something that's just like, man, that just doesn't quite line up. And so identify what that is and, and figure it out and move on because we want to be all in for Jesus. And that's kind of where we ended it. And then he rolls into verse 23, and that's where we're going to start today. I'm going to finish this up. And I'm going to go about this a little bit different because this passage is a lot like the passage in Romans chapter 14. And we talked all through this with about our liberty in Christ, right? And so I'm not going to reteach the things that I taught, not probably six months ago or however long, it was probably long, longer than that ago. But most everybody was here for that. And I'm not going to go back through and teach you the same things uh, out of that. I'm going to go about this a little bit differently. So we're just going to walk through this. Uh, I'll kind of tell you what Paul's trying to say as he gets through it. And then I'm just going to give you... Um, my point of view on it, which, you know, maybe isn't what you want to hear, but because we just taught through this, you can go back and listen to what we taught through Romans 14. Uh, but instead, I'm going to kind of give you uh, my thought process on how you should maybe uh, look at your liberty in Christ as we go through this and, and walk away from it with that. Again, I'll be clear with you. These are just the way I look at it. Don't take it for gospel. Uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. He says, all things are lawful for me. But all things are not expedient. Now he is—he's been talking about uh, eating of 
food offered at basically the idol's table. Uh, and so that's kind of where this thing got, that's how we got to where we're at. All things are lawful for me, but all, not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, uh, that eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. For what the, uh, what the earth, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you a feast and you be disposed to go, uh, whatsoever is set before you, Eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, this is offered and sacrificed unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, verse 29, I say, not thine own, uh, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which uh, I give thanks? Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. We all know that verse, right? We, we remember that out of this whole thing. Verse 32, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they be, may uh, be saved. So let me walk through this and just kind of point by point, verse by verse, tell you what Paul is trying to say. Because it goes a lot with Romans chapter 14, where we talk about our liberty in Christ. And we all have liberty to do different different things. Uh, remember, we used different examples as we went through this. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But when Paul is going through this, I'll tell you what he's talking about. Now, obviously, uh, we don't have the idol's temple, you know, down here at, you know, the Harrisonville Square. It doesn't work like that today. So we have to, in turn, take what he's saying in the culture that they live in and find out how that can somehow apply to our life today, Right. How does the liberty he's talking about still apply to what we've got going on today? I'll tell you what he's talking about, and then we will circle back around at the end and look at how we can apply this thing. So he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. What does that mean? It means that he, under the law, isn't bound by anything. Because he's not talking to a Jewish church. We're not bound by the law uh, of the Old Testament. So all things are lawful, but all things might not be the best for me, right? Uh, it doesn't say anywhere that you can't listen to rock and roll music. It doesn't say anywhere that you can't, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, right? I'm not going to get into a bunch of details, right? But all things might not be expedient. Uh, did, does it say anywhere in the Bible that you can't uh, uh, ha- have a beer with lunch today? Not really, uh, unless you're an ordained pastor. It's the only place I can find in Scripture where it says don't do that. Uh, but is it expedient? Who you're with? Maybe not. Uh, does it say that, you know, you should... Whatever it is, you just got to be careful with whatever it is. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me. He says it again twice because he's saying, I'm not bound by anything, but all things edify not. What he's trying to say is, you're free to do a lot of things, but is it going to edify not only Christ, but the body of Christ around you? You've always got to be thinking about who you're around. right? So uh, let me give you a quick example. Most people uh, work around people in the, in their job, right? And so uh, I, I would say that I'm kind of the outlier on that. I work with one person most of the time, but most people go to a job where there's a lot of people around. You know, Doug, there's not a lot of people hanging out in the tractor with you most of the time. But for the most part, uh, we all work in some sort of a job where there's a lot of people around. Uh, for most of my life, I worked in, this, in an area like that. We all have the way that we would present ourselves at home and then the way we would present ourselves at our job, right? There's just certain things that, can be done, can be said. Uh, same thing. You you have a certain uh, 
I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but a certain expectation of how you should present yourself uh, when you are uh, around maybe extended family, right? Or you have uh, a, a way that you should present yourself uh, around uh, the people of, you know, the church. Or And there's just, we all have these different quote-unquote standards that we're like, okay, there's certain ways that I should present myself here. You know, and then we have the how I would be maybe at home, right? When I'm just around my wife or around my wife and kids. And uh, none of those things are bad, but that's kind of what he's talking about. You always have to be paying attention to who's around. He goes on to say in verse 24, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Now, believe it or not, he's not talking about uh, being rich here. He's using an example of it's easy to go out and do what's good for you, but you need to be thinking about everybody else as you do these things. He's not talking about going out and getting rich here. He's using that as an example. Whosoever, uh, whatsoever sold in the shambles, that e asking no question of con- for conscience sake. The, what he's talking about is if you go down to the temple, you could buy, uh, I think I used this reference uh, uh, when we were teaching this the first time, you could go down and have yourself a half-price cheeseburger because, you know, they sacrificed this stuff, but then they still tried to make some sort of monetary gain off of it at the temple. They would sell it for a, a cheaper price. He says, if it's sold there, he says, you can eat it. Asking no question for conscience. If it doesn't defile your conscience to do it, man, do it. It doesn't say in the law that you can't do it. Why wouldn't you? But he answers the question, why? He says, uh, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. He says, if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and you be disposed to go, whatsoever set before you eat, asking no question for conscience. He's saying, if you were invited to somebody's house... And they didn't know any better than to, to go and, and buy the cheaper whatever and serve it. What are you supposed to do? You eat it. Why? Because it's offensive if you don't. If you've ever traveled to another country, sometimes you're, you are served food that's not that great. <laughs> and what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to eat it. You know why? Because it is a huge offense if you don't. Right? Now I think of like Mitch and Caleb and they're in Mexico. Like, the, the bad Mexican food's got to be great because it's Mexican food. It's, it's awesome, right? Now, I've been to India, and I, pro- I promise I haven't seen none of the stuff that I'm, I that Miss Lauren has seen because she was there for an extended per- period of time. But they served us some stuff in India. They served us some stuff in India that I was like, I don't think I can eat that. <laughs> and what do you do? You just eat it. Why? Chicken heart and Just all of it, man. It doesn't like it isn't like us where you you peel the good stuff out. No, they just put the whole thing in the pot and you cook it up and it doesn't matter what. It, I'm just it's messed up. I remember one time we were in Nepal, and this doesn't have a lot to do with what we're talking about, but this is kind of culturally how this thing works. When I went to Nepal with Pastor Ryan and Pastor Brian the first time, Pastor Randy and Brian the first time I was uh, there, we were we went to a couple different churches and we ended up at at this this different church deal and we went to the service it was late in the evening and we ended up like up on the rooftop because it was hot and they were cooking a bunch of food and they brought us this plate of food and i it the the size of the plate of food that they brought us was absolutely i i compare it to like you know the metal trash cans like the plate was as big as one of those metal trash can lids and like they're trying to serve you like you're a king because they're they're so grateful you're there but you couldn't even see what was on this thing. It was dark. We were up on the roof. There wasn't no lights. And it was... And I look at... Because... So... Th- I'm, I'm giving you some missions tips. So like when you all sign up for the mission trips next year, uh, you're supposed to eat whatever is given to you. But you're also told before you go to be very careful of what you eat because there's certain things that they eat that will make you sick. And like there's certain things that you drink that will make you sick. I came back from the trip 
when we were in the mountains in Nepal, and I was really sick. I think it was from the water, maybe. I don't know. You know, but there was, it was water was better than no water. And so anyway, I had a filtered bottle. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So we're on this deal. We're up on the rooftop. They bring us this food. And I remember looking at Randy and I'm like, are we supposed to eat this? You know, because I'm like, you're the lead on this thing. We have no idea. Usually you kind of trust who's making it for you. Yeah. And so, uh, I remember Randy saying, eat by faith, not by sight. <laughs> because you couldn't see what it was. And like, all right, man, whatever you say. And, but that's what it's talking about. He's using this example. Culturally, if somebody, especially on like on a mission trip, they're, they're serving you. If you don't eat what they're serving you, because I promise what they're serving you is a lot better than what they're eating. And so if they're serving you this and you're like, I'm not going to eat that, um, that's a huge smack in the face culturally, just as like a mission trip tip for y'all. But what, what Paul's trying to say is if you ever get invited, he's talking to the church of Corinth, you know, to somebody who's like having this big meal and you find out that, oh, they bought this meat from over at the idol's temple. And like, what does he say? He says, eat it because it should not devile your conscience because your conscience is clear. Right. And so he's saying this is all OK. Liberty in Christ. We'll get to the point here in a minute. Verse 28, but if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What he's saying is, but if somebody comes in and says, oh, we shouldn't be eating this because it's from the idol's temple. What's he say? He doesn't say, tell the guy he doesn't understand his liberty in Christ and that he's an idiot. He says, oh, just follow along with the guy because he, if he, if the guy who is offended by you doing this, you probably just shouldn't do it because you're going to you're going to defile his conscience by doing it. We understand that there is nothing wrong with it, but is it something we want to do if it's going to make somebody else trip up? I always use the alcohol example because it's culturally where we're at. Uh, is there anything wrong with it? Probably not in some situations. Uh, but is there something wrong with, you know, you have a brother who just got saved six months ago. Uh, we, you know that he was maybe uh, an alcoholic before he got saved. And you know that he is completely uh, abstaining from it. And then you go to lunch with him. You go to dinner with him. Uh, and you're like, oh, it's no big deal, brother. There's nothing in the law that says we can't do this. Well, by you doing that, you're defiling his conscience. Because he has put a stand that says, I'm not going to do this because I don't want... and. With what you can do with a little bit, he can't control himself from a lot. Use that with example with a lot of different things, okay? And I'll get to the point of what that means in a minute, but that's what he's talking about with liberty. He says if it's going to defile somebody else's conscience, then probably don't do it because it's going to trip them up. Now, we understand, Paul's saying you, the reader of this at the church at Corinth, you should understand you're not bound by that law. And so if, like, if it's not going to defile the people that you're around, by all means, do it. He says it all comes from the earth. God created this thing. Verse 29, conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. And so he's, he's presenting this like a, a question because he's like, I already know what you guys are going to ask. He's like, you, you're thinking, he's talking to the church in Corinth, but you all are probably thinking the same thing. He's like, you're thinking, you just told me it was okay to have this. But then you said, don't have it if it defiles this guy's conscience. Well, why does it matter if it defiles his conscience if it doesn't defile mine? He goes on in verse 29, he says, Conscience, I say, not thine own. We're not worried about your conscience right now, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? He's like, you're asking this question. Why are you talking about my liberty if it's going to defile? It doesn't defile my conscience. You know, and so that's the question that they're trying to ask, right? He says, for if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for the uh, that which I gave thanks? I prayed. 
Told God to bless this thing. Ask God to bless this thing. It's all good. Why is it going to defile? Well, why is it a problem? Because you're tripping up your younger brother. That's why. You're causing somebody to stumble. That's why. Whether therefore you eat, he circles this whole thing back around and he's like, let me put it in perspective. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church. Everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. Whether you're eating, whether you're not eating, uh, whether you're partaking, whether you're not partaking. Is God getting the glory? Okay, then that's fine. He says, give none offense. But don't let the things that you do decide to do offend somebody, whether it be your brothers at the church, whether it be the lost people that know you as a Christian, whether it be uh, whoever. He says, but don't offend anybody, neither the Jews, nor the Gentiles, nor the church. That's basically all the groups of people, in case you're wondering. There's three groups of people. There's the Jews, there's the Gentiles, there's the church. He basically says, you can do whatever you want to do for the most part. We understand there's a few things in the New Testament that the New Testament says, don't do that, Christian. Right? Fornication, uh, adultery, those kinds of things. There's a few things uh, that we know, don't do that. The rest of it is left for your liberty, for your conscience to figure out. Right? But he does say, whatever you do decide to do, make sure you're not offending anybody. Because he lists all three groups of people. Right, And then he goes on to say, use my example. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many things that they may be saved. He says, he basically says what he had said the chapter before in different words. I've became all things to all men that I might save some. I will use the situation that I'm in, no matter how, to get the gospel where it needs to go. Do I need to be a Jew in this situation? Do I need to be a Gentile in this situation? Paul was a unique guy because he was a Jew, but he was an apostle of the Gentiles, right? He, he, no matter what he did, whether he ate, drank, whatever he did, he was finding a way to get God the glory, right? And so that's the, the, the passage, right? He's basically saying you're not bound by anything. So how does that apply to you? Because you're like, okay, I don't have uh, the idol down the road where I can go get half-price beef because, you know, there's no such thing as half-price beef right now because it's expensive, right? There's no such thing as groceries being cheap right now because inflation's ridiculous or or whatever, right? The point in your life is, now go back to when we taught this in Romans 14. What was like the one thing that I boiled it all down? Does anybody remember just like the, the, the gist of it? You'll know it as soon as I say it. Don't allow your convictions to become somebody else's doctrine. If you're convicted about it, that's fine. Just don't do it. Or if somebody else is convicted about it, that's fine. Just don't do it. But don't allow your convictions. I don't like listening to music that's not Christian music. I don't like uh, you know, doing this or doing that. that. That's fine if you don't like that. But don't try to push your convictions, your conscience, uh, to be somebody else's doctrine. Right? The Bible's very clear on what doctrine is. There's a, there's just a few things in the New Testament that it says you can't do this. Right? I can't think of, you know, a handful of them that it says just this is absolutely wrong. The rest of it is left for us to kind of figure out because we're given what, uh, I think it's lesson 10 or 11 in D1, liberty in Christ. Now figuring out 13, somewhere in there, right? I was within a couple. Uh, we're given a lot of liberty. You're allowed to do a lot of things. But what good does it do you to be able to go and exercise your liberty if it's going to cause somebody else to stumble and then fall away from Christ? Uh, that's that's a reproach. right? And so here's kind of what I want to boil this thing down to. And this is how I kind of, without 
knowing it, I kind of do this in my own life. And again, this isn't like straight from the Bible. This is, this is me. If you want to know like the teaching on this, again, go back and listen to what we taught in Romans. Uh, but here's just kind of how I look at this thing. And I promise we'll be done early still, uh, because there's really not a lot to say here. The same way that you have different, uh, levels of expectation, whether you're at work or around certain people or your friends or just your spouse or whatever, you kind of have the same thing or you should have the same thing built in when it comes to your liberty in Christ. And I kind of call this, or I was thinking through this, like three levels of liberty. We know that we have liberty to do anything, right? Uh, I have liberty to uh, go down the street and hop in on, you know, the, the church that raises their hands, right? Wave it like you just don't care, right? They speak in tongues. Is it wise for me to do that? Probably not, right? But I can do that. Now, I remember one of my assignments in HBI was to go to a church of non-like faith. And I'm like, this is whacked, right? But I understand why Pastor Brian had us do it in our HBI class, because we need to see what's going on out there, Um you should have three kind of levels of liberty. The first level would be very cautious, very conservative. You don't know who's watching. You know, if, this would be like if, if you're around your boss's boss. You're probably not going to make that joke about whatever, right? Uh, you're probably, you're just going to be very, very careful, right? About what you say, how you present yourself, uh, how you do what you do. Why? Because you just, don't want to offend somebody by saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. Uh, you're not very comfortable in the situation. So you know what I'm not going to do here? Uh, really anything out of the most conservative, whatever it is. Why should I have to be like that if I have liberty in Christ, Jason? Because like if I go to lunch with like a new couple that showed up to Passpoint for the first time, um, I'm going to be very careful about what I say. Uh, about what I, and, and even with like doctrine of the church, because why? I don't want to run anybody off. They might be like, well, we don't like the King James Bible, or we don't use that, or they're just off a little bit. The last thing I want to do is be like, man, we're King James only, uh, ride till you, I mean, that's not how I roll. Why? Because I would rather you read anything than nothing, right? And because if you stick around long enough, you're going to realize in your own that like, oh, I see why. So you're going to be very conservative. You're going to be very conservative about the things you say, the way you present yourself. Is it wrong to do those other things? Probably not. But do you want to be a reproach to Christ? No. So that's kind of the first level of liberty. You're going to be very careful, right? You just want to, you don't want to offend anybody. Do you have to be that way? No. You know, when I was lost, I was kind of this way. I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I really, I really didn't. Well, there was kind of two sides. I was really worried about what everybody thought, but at the same time, I didn't care. Like, think of me what you want. I am who I am, right? Now I represent something bigger. We all do. You you take the name of Christ uh, and, and you're now a son of God. You have something to stand for. And you don't want to be a reproach to that in the things that you do, the things that you say, the way that you live, all those things. So around certain situations, you've got to be very cautious. The next kind of level of liberty would be like mid-range. You can label these however you want. I was going to try to come up with a pretty catchy way of saying this, but I was like, I'm just going to make it as very basic because I want you all to use your own mind of what this means to you. This would be like mid-range liberty. I have liberty. I've been around these people a little bit, right? Uh, so this would be mid-range liberty would be how I, if you want to know what this, this would be like how I maybe present myself when I'm teaching Passpoint. I'm not super conservative. I try to let you guys know what I think about most things. Um, but I also don't want to offend anybody. Uh, but I want I, I want people to know that, like, I'm not going to come out and you know, tell you what I think of, you know, 
certain situations. You might be able to just tell from the way I live my life, like, you know, I didn't go out and tell everybody what you should do with your COVID vaccine. It wasn't my deal. I'm, I'm out of it. You might be able to tell what I think. I'm not here to tell you who you should vote for. You might be able to tell by the way I live my life, but I'm not here to do that, right? It's mid-range conservative here, right? Uh, I don't want to cause anybody to trip. I don't want to run anybody off. The same way that, you know, so you're not around your boss's boss anymore, but you're maybe around just your coworkers. Now, I'm around these people all the time. They know how I am, but I'm also not going to say anything that's just going to completely offend them and cause me uh, to end up in hot water, Right? So there's a different level of like how you present yourself. Does that make sense? You know, now we go to lunch and I, I can crack some jokes. I can say some things. You know, we don't have to listen to, to Christian radio every day. We, we can do a, a little bit different because they should know enough about your testimony around the people that you're around in this, this area that you can be more of yourself. Not that you're not yourself in the first. You're just careful because you don't want to offend anybody. Still, you, you, you kind of have this mid-range level of liberty. I'm not out here telling what you ought to do or what what you need to do, but you, from my lifestyle, are probably going to be able to pick up on it at that point. You know, I'm not shoving it down anybody's throat, but I'm able to be myself, exercise my liberty in Christ, you know, but I'm also not going to be like, you should or shouldn't do that. Right? Does that make sense? You kind of got like this mid-range level of liberty. And then you've got, and I'm trying to hurry because I promised I'd be done early and I don't want to be wrong. And then you've got this uh, this last range and you might have like more levels and that's fine uh, of liberty this would be like when i'm hanging out with my wife uh when i'm hanging around my best friends in life when i'm hanging around with just like my kids maybe uh or just really close family that i can i can speak freely i'm not worried about somebody like dissecting everything i say Uh, i can in frustration say things to my wife about situations, uh, about even people, not that we're talking about people, but I can be like, why would, why would that person even do that? Like, I just wish they would have, you know, we can speak freely. She's not dissecting everything I say. Uh, I can say things in frustration that she knows like, okay, he'll calm down, right? Uh, or, you know, we can, that's a different level of liberty, right? Uh, we can, Hang out. We can be more intimate in the way that we are. We can be more uh, liberal in the things that we do, right? There's things that, you know, we might be hanging out at home, and it's just different. It's a different level of liberty. Why? Because I'm not worried about, and if you're ever at this situation in your marriage, then there's probably a problem. Not probably, there is a problem. If you're ever at a situation in your marriage where it's like, I probably better not do that because that might, like, offend their conscience. That's a problem. Like, if you are at a point with the most intimate people in your life that you're like, I feel comfortable enough to do this, but I don't think my spouse does, then there's an issue here. Because your spouse and you are supposed to be one flesh. Everything's supposed to be kosher all the same. So, this is more like of a personal level of liberty. Because you both know where you stand on doctrine. You both understand. My family understands where I'm at on the book, right? And, you know, there's never like, a, I can't believe you did that or you said that. Because you immediately know, like, I'll tell you why I did that or I said that. I'm no longer holding back on uh, what I think about this, that, or the other. I'll tell you, black and white. Uh, my family will tell you I'm not the most opinionated person in the world. But uh, at the end of the day, like, there are certain things that, like, this is what I believe. And you're going to know it. Now, I'm not going to come and shove it down everybody else's throat, but this is where I stand, and we don't go any farther. But, you know, there's just that level of liberty. And you should have this in your life. That's what Paul's trying to say. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to run anybody off. We don't want to uh, cause the things that we know are lawful to cause anybody to trip. 
So use your liberty wisely. Go back and compare what we talked about today to what we taught through for several weeks in uh, Romans chapter 14, right? Because he has a lot to say about your liberty in Christ. You're free now. You're no longer a slave, right? As long as you're not outright in sin, then you have liberty. But don't allow your liberty to cause somebody else to fall into sin. Don't be a stumbling block is what it says in the book of Romans. Why should I have to care about everybody else? Uh, because that's what you are now as a Christian. <laughs> You're an ambassador for Christ. That's why you should have to care. You should have thought about that. And so that's kind of this whole chapter as a whole. He breaks it all down. And he's like, man, you are free. You are free indeed. But just don't be stupid with your freedom. Right? That, that would be like, you know, maybe somebody back in, in the days of, you know, they're trying to, to get rid of slavery, right? And, and, and maybe, uh, this, this guy's, like, slave master says, you know what, this is wrong. Cause this is how that thing started happening. Uh, slave owners decided, this isn't right anymore. And some of them, over time, would be like, we're not gonna do this anymore. And it would be like, I'm gonna release my, my, my slaves. Right, and obviously this was completely a ridiculous time in history, but uh, never should have been like this in the first place. But it would be unwise for a slave with his new freedom to run over to the next plantation down the road and be like, "Hey, y'all should just leave," right? Because why? Because that's not what you could do at that time, right? You have to be careful with the liberty you have. Just because you've been given freedom in Christ doesn't mean that you should just go out and act like an idiot because you're going to cause other people to stumble, to lose their walk in Christ. And so does that mean, basically, that there'll be times that you don't get to be as free as you want to be? Yep. Think about Christ. Christ had a place on the right hand of the Father, and He laid all of that down, all of that liberty down, to come here. If that means that you have to sacrifice your your most basic liberties for Christ, then do it. Right? Then do it. And if you're just like a person that's like, man, I just want to be uh, be able to live in my liberty, then schedule more time around people that you love. You know, but if you're always around other people, then don't be surprised when you're always trying to tone back what you say because you don't want to run Christ's name through the mud, right? Does that all make sense? Because not only do you represent Christ, but you represent HBF. You represent Passpoint. Whether you like it or not, you do. You represent the family you're a part of. You represent your spouse. You represent your job when you're at work. All of those things. You know, and in the culture we live in, you can't say anything wrong because then, you know, the, the, the culture will say, man, out with you. So you have to just be careful with what you say. Especially when it comes to liberty in Christ. Does that make sense? I hope it all makes sense. Like, I tried to be as real with you as I could without getting down to the, you know, just personal level of liberty because I'm not going to do that here. Anyway, all right, so go back and compare all of that to Romans chapter 14 when we talk through it. It's all available online uh, and just kind of see how they all jive together and I think it'll make a little bit more sense, but I wasn't going to reteach something that we just taught through. So let's pray and uh, next week we'll switch gears and we're going to talk about some... Uh, some Christmas stuff. So not really Christmas. It's going to seem Christmassy because it's that time, but uh, some how God does Christmas stuff. We'll talk about it like that. Uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for being good to us. Um, Lord, again, I just pray for uh, Mitch and for Caleb. Uh, give them strength, uh, Lord. Uh, just give them the physical endurance to go through what they're uh, going to go through in Oaxaca. Lord, I pray that it's just a, a time that you just really fill them with the Spirit, uh, that they come back just uh, overflowing with what you can do. Uh, I pray that that just rolls right into uh, just their families, uh, to, to the church here at HBF, the Passpoint class.
Um, Lord, I'm excited for them. So I pray you just uh, be with them, give them wisdom, uh, Lord, and that they would just be humble servants uh, for you while they're there. I pray that we as a class would not uh, just sin in the way that we forget to pray for them. I pray pray that you would uh, just awake us this week to pray for them daily, uh, to remember them as they're on the field. Uh, They're our ambassadors right now, uh, and I pray that uh, we would just lift them up, uh, lift their hands up in battle uh, so that they could do the work uh, that we're not there to do. I pray that we would stay by the stuff. Uh, and just be uh, ministers to their family while they're gone. Uh, Lord, I pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches to us this morning. Um, I pray you would get all the honor and all the glory as we go into this in Christ's name. Amen.